Hey, welcome back to my channel and thank you so much for listening. It means a lot and I know I don't have all the cool stuff that some other podcasts do. I don't have um, guest speakers and I don't have music in the background and um, I just really appreciate you guys for listening because I do have a message and I do have um, something to say and I appreciate you for still listening and being a part of it even though it's not like the most entertaining podcast out there so I just appreciate you thank you um today I want to talk about empaths um so a lot of people don't know what an empath actually is and um so I'm gonna kind of detail that for you give you my experiences as an empath because I am one and um, really just like delve into that subject um, the best that I can from my knowledge and my experiences. Um, a, an empath typically has a deeper insight than most people um, because, and, and it's not like we're, I, I do see us as very spiritual beings and very emotional beings, but um, I'm a little bit different on that as well because I'm also very logic-minded and so I'm a very rare breed of empath because most empaths don't think logically. Um, these are the ones that are very emotionally driven um, and make decisions based solely on emotion. And although I am full 100% empath, um, I still put my emotions, I'm able to um, compartmentalize my emotions to be able to make a logical decision. Um, I used to not be able to. It took time, um, a lot of time actually, training myself because um, an empath has many weaknesses and you really have to um, learn what those weaknesses are in order to succeed in life. Um, otherwise, you just get walked all over and you just become a doormat to other people and that is not how I want to live my life. Um, so, an empath. Well, there's a spectrum um, of empathy or emotional, uh, being an emotional being. And at the bottom of that spectrum, um, lacking empathy at all for others is a narcissist. They don't have any thoughts whatsoever about how anybody else is feeling. They only care about themselves and their own motives and their own selfish um, needs and gratification. On the opposite side of that, and in, of the narcissist, is the empath. And the empath is the actual complete opposite of a narcissist. Um, while it's not normal to be a narcissist, it's also not the norm to be an empath. Um, like I said, there's many downfalls to it, and um, it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle being one because it's hard to understand the world around you, especially for me. Um, I just I don't understand a lot of things that happen in the world and the reasons why they're happening, um, and that's part of my logic mind too. I have to make sense of it, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense, Um so, um, let's see. So, 
on the opposite side of the spectrum of the narcissist is the empath and we are exactly opposite of the narcissist we um feel very very deeply what other people are feeling and we would we would rather sacrifice our own emotions and our own self and our own wants and our own needs um for other people's happiness so a narcissist only wants their own happiness a empath only cares about the happiness of others and um some people are classified as people pleasers and um some of those people can be empaths however you can have empathic tendencies and not be full empath and you can have narcissistic tendencies and not be full narcissist these are all characteristics and traits that um some people are a blend of the two and that's completely and that's completely normal actually anywhere in that spectrum between narcissist and empath is actually um pretty normal so what makes an empath completely different is we're actually just super hypersensitive to emotions um it doesn't mean we go around crying all the time it means that we are able to feel other people's emotions very deeply so think of us like a conductor of emotions um someone could be going through a really painful time and we and they may not even be expressing those emotions they may be compartmentalizing and blocking out their emotions and we just look into their eyes and feel that pain and our heart aches and we actually have those thoughts that one would have in that situation and um and it's literally anybody we care about is um felt to the deepest um of the emotions we are very very deep with those emotions but even people that we don't even know um it's harder for me to get angry i can feel other people's anger deeply because like as i said i'm a conductor of their emotions but it doesn't mean that i feel that way myself so um i can for instance say someone is um yelling on the highway and like they cut me off or flick me off and you know just going crazy most people would react in anger to that situation cuz that's a normal reaction however in my mind i'm like oh my goodness what happened to this person to make them so angry and i would feel their anger very deeply but i i also know that anger is a secondary emotion anger is never a um the first emotion that anybody ever feels it's always a secondary emotion whether people know it or not the other emotions may be fleeting but sadness or um being hurt is actually the um the first cause of anger and um so in my mind this person is having a bad day or they got hurt really bad by somebody they care about or um i'm i'm thinking about the causal um reasons why they're acting the way that they are and my own personal emotions are at bay like i don't care about how they're trying to make me feel i care more about how this person um is feeling and i feel their sadness i feel their hurt 
and um, it's it doesn't bother me that they're trying they're cutting me off. I'm like, oh my gosh, they probably have an emergency and they need to get to the hospital right now. Like I I'm not a psychic, so I don't know the situations um, that are causing them to feel the way that they are, but I can feel the emotion and um, build a um, kind of profile based on that in my mind. So I, I empathize with every single person out there in the world. And, um, and it's, it's very exhausting, (laughs) very, um, exhausting job, I would say. It's not really a job, but it's just a part of who I am. And, um, that also makes me a very spiritual being because, um, in order for me to, um, relate to people, I have to be in touch with my spiritual self. Um, it's just, it's just part of an empath. Um, it doesn't mean that they're all Christian. Um, I, believe in God and, you know, creationism. And I have, um, I've kind of a non-traditional viewpoint of Christianity, as I've explained before. I don't, I'm not a traditional Christian, but I have a very, very deep relationship with God. And, um, and, and typically an empath, um, has a deep spiritual self that they're connected to. And that's because, um, you to be such an emotional being, you have to have a connection to your spiritual self, and they could be um, they could be any religion. Um, it's just the deep connect to that spirit. Um, very rarely are any of them agnostic or atheist, um, just because of the way we feel deeply. I really don't know how to else to explain that, but emotions are connected with spirituality. Um, and because we feel on such a deep emotional level, we are also um, deeply spiritual beings. That's, that's the only way that I really know how to explain it. Um, we're also very hypersensitive to movies. Um, I cannot watch a horror movie. I will not watch a horror movie. And... It's a spiritual thing as well, I guess. But this is what happens when I'm watching a horror movie. I'm sitting on the couch watching this movie. And I'm thinking about all the um, situational things going on in that movie. Um, the evil and the, um, the just the really... the the bad things that are happening in that movie and my imagination takes it to the next level. So the movie doesn't really scare me as bad as my own imagination. I could have nightmares for months off of one scary movie. I think the last scary movie that I watched um, in entirety was The Ring and I had dreams about a part two and a part three and a part four. Like I just kept dreaming worse and worse scenarios in that movie. Um, my and my own imagination is much scarier than the actual movie itself. Um, 
movies that are um, very sad. It's not that... It's hard to explain because it's not the situations in the actual movie. Because I know that they're actors and I know that they it's all fake. But I will cry really, really deeply over sad situational things. Because I know that somewhere out there, someone is feeling that emotion and someone is feeling that pain. Um, like in a movie where someone loses their child. At that moment, I've embodied the pain of anybody who's ever lost a child. So it doesn't have to do with the movie per se, exactly, because I know it's not real. But it's just the um, the tapping into of that emotion, and then um, it magnifies. And the same with fear. Um, I... It's any, any emotion. An empath can deeply feel any emotion. Um, if someone else is afraid, I can feel that on a very deep level. And like I said, it doesn't automatically make me feel that way. I can feel it, but it doesn't. it's um, separate than my own emotions. It's so hard to explain. But like I said, the best way is saying that I'm a conductor. I can feel it. But I don't feel that way. So someone can be very, very afraid and I can feel, you know, their heart beating fast and I can feel um, their deep fear and the shakes and I can feel that inside. And um, then the part of myself, I'm not afraid. It actually puts me into a more, into a stronger um, um, position to where I'm like, okay, I have to be strong for this person. I have to help them through this. I have to um, figure out why they're afraid. I have to like, I have to break it down, and I have to help them um, get over this fear. Um, do I get afraid of things? Yes, I have fears of my own. Of course, every person does. Um, but say, like, I have a friend who is scared of spiders deathly afraid of spiders am i afraid of spiders not really i've held a tarantula in my hand so i can say that you know i'm not exactly afraid of them do i want one to bite me probably not but i'm not deathly afraid of them um so that being said um, if I have a friend that's like freaking out because there's a spider, you know, I'll handle it. I'll get the spider outside or whatever. But then I will, I will, I'll feel their fear deep inside and I'll comfort them and hold them and try to like calm them down and talk them down, help them out of it. Um, but I'm on that heightened sense of um, emotion as well. Um, I'm just trying to um bring them down because obviously I'm feeling it too but it doesn't necessarily mean that I am scared I'm feeling their emotion as a conductor so I know it's getting really confusing and I'm really sorry it's just um expressing this in terms of because it's a very emotions are so complex and so deep and so is spirituality that um the reason why god made so many metaphors and so many um parables is because the only way to really explain it is to bring it down to a tangible level 
and um, sometimes it's really hard with really complex stuff. Like I understand it and I feel it and I and I know, but to put it in terms of where anybody else can understand, unless you felt it and you've gone through it, um, it's harder. But I'm I'm trying. Um, so what else about empaths? Um, an empath and a narcissist are toxic for each other. Because they're on the two opposite sides of the spectrum, you would think that opposites attract and it would work out, but it doesn't because an empath is a blood donor to a narcissist as a vampire. That's the best way to explain it. A um, empath will give and give and give until there's no blood left. A narcissist will take and take and take until they're told to stop or there's no blood left, until they can't have to move on to somebody else. That's really typically the relationship of a narcissist and an empath. Um, truthfully, the best relationship would be an empath and an empath because um, they're both wanting to serve the other person. So both people's needs get met 100% of the time, but they're not meeting their own needs. It's the other person meeting the other person's needs. Um, two servants in love is um, one of the absolute best possible uh, relationships because they never have to think about what they need because the other person is always filling their needs and they're always filling the other person's needs. And it's, it's a very happy, blossoming, perfect relationship. However, it's also... Um, not typical for an empath to be attracted to another empath because um, we don't really truly care about our own our own well-being I guess I mean we like there there's growth in empaths because I started out never really caring about my own emotions and my own emotional well-being um, I always put others first and still, it's my nature to do that. But I've also learned um, being an empath and all the um, all the faults that come with it. So I've also learned, you know, what to steer clear of, the signs of a narcissist. I would definitely say that if you are an empath, you need to study and look at the signs of a narcissist and somebody who embodies all of those those characteristics stay away from because they will do nothing good in your life. Um, it's important that you don't characterize every single person who has some tendencies as a narcissist because, as I've said, some people have narcissistic tendencies that are not narcissists. Um, and some people have empathic tendencies that are not empaths, they're on the spectrum. So you have to really like make sure that you're classifying it correctly. But typically a narcissist never thinks about anybody else. So if you, if you go through the signs of a narcissist and they're embodying every single one of them, then you're, you pretty much have been able to locate and label a narcissist. And I would definitely steer clear of those types of people. Um, are they bad people? I mean, I don't like to think of a certain, you know, type of person as a bad person. A lot of those people have been through some really, really rough things in their life that have caused them, um, 
to be that way. I, um, I, I don't know if I believe that someone could just be born a narcissist. Um, it, I guess it's possible, but I, I more or less believe that it's conditional on circumstances and the way that someone was raised and um, factors and variables in their life um, that caused them to be the way that they are. Um, I know that I've been an empath all my life since a very, very young age. Um, I, can, I just remember just being so in tune with um, my spirituality and with emotions. Um, um, it started, and I think at a very, very young age, it starts with um, empathy with animals. Um, and it's funny because narcissism and narcissists actually uh, are the opposite. With animals, they look at them as weak creatures that um, are vulnerable and they they don't have any kind of um, true connection to them. Um, I was able to connect with animals at a very young age and feeling their emotions and speaking for them. And, um, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not a psychic, so I can't read people's minds or anything like that. But reading emotions is a big part of reading people's minds, I guess. Um, not that I know what you would be thinking, but to know what you're feeling is a big part of what you're thinking. So it's, um, it's pretty, I mean, I guess... It's not, it's not, definitely not on the level of psychic, but it's reading people. I can read people very well. Um, and sometimes I wish that I couldn't because I've read people where they've given no physical signs to other people, but I can see inside their soul and I can see the darkness and it scares me so bad because I know what that person is capable of and I have no way of um, expressing that. I can't be like, hey, I think that you are capable of hurting people in a very bad way because they would look at me and be like, what? <laughs> I've done nothing. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so it's, it's really hard knowing something about somebody and nobody else knowing it. And that person can pretend to be very, very, um, like a good person they can just very easily manipulate other people and you can look at them and just see right through it and it's, it's very difficult when other people don't see it um that's one of the hardest things that i have to deal with um i for instance i went to a church and um my one of my sons was pulled aside by one of the members of the church and he was just talking to my son and I had dropped him off in children's church and the guy was working children's church and still he had my son pulled to the side and he gave him a piece of candy and he was just talking to him and I saw right through that man and I knew what he was capable of and where his mind was at and it like I I can't even explain the feeling of just pure anger that I had toward him um, because of what I knew was going on with him. Um, 
I couldn't accuse him of anything. All he did was give my son a piece of candy, and all he did was pull my son to the side and talk to him. Um, however, I was I was validated in my feelings when my son came to me and said, um, he told I, I said, what were you talking about with um, that man? And uh, he said, well, he told me a secret. I said, well, you you don't. To listen to secrets from other people you always have to you can't keep your secrets from parents that's you can't do that so um he's like well he told me not to tell you so immediately I knew that my son was being tested um and it was the secret was just that he gave him candy that he wasn't supposed to have which I saw but it was more of the fact that I knew that that man was um in the process of trying to test my son to see if he was able to keep a secret from me or if he wasn't and and the um he failed because I teach my kids like you tell me everything that's going on in your life everything because I I don't want someone to just slip in and um, my children to trust the wrong person. Um, has is that person capable of those types of things? I absolutely believe yes. Has that person done it in the past before? I don't know. Is that person a dangerous person? Yes, I believe so. Can I accuse that person of being a dangerous person? No, I have no actual proof or any kind of way of doing it except for knowing that my spirit cringed at being around this person. So it's a deep emotional insight that most people don't understand because this person was very charming and very um, just not a suspicious type person. Um Maybe somebody would think it a little bit suspicious that their son got pulled to the side and given a piece of candy. But my kids were new to the to to the children's church. It's only it was only like their third time there. So somebody might have just chalked it off to oh he's and he seems like a nice guy. And I mean it's in they're in front of everybody. It's not like he pulled him off into a room and closed the door. Nothing super suspicious happened. It was more the feeling being around that person and I felt like um I felt the evil I don't know how else to explain that I just I I was able to feel it and know that that person's intentions with my son were not good so suffice it to say we never went back to that church um and I told that man my children will never keep secrets from me and the look on his face just told it all like he he knew that my child had failed the test and he would he wouldn't have um he wouldn't have pursued that even if I would have stayed um I don't think because um people who are on that wavelength um they target certain types of children and certain types of people um and the insight that I have to that, I don't understand and even comprehend how I have knowledge of things that are like that um, or how I have knowledge of things that are beyond my years. When I was 11 years old, I wrote a poem um, that was about uh, a couple and it was called Waltzing on the Clouds and um, it was about a 
older man, um, like a grandpa, you know, and um, his wife that he'd spent his entire life with and had great, built great memories with. And now she was literally fading before him each day because she was dying of cancer and how he was trying to hold on to each of the memories, but how she was um, literally just fading before him. I was 11 years old and I was able to comprehend that deep concept of losing somebody and I'd never lost anybody. I had never, um, I didn't even know truly anybody who had even had cancer, yet I was able to tap into that emotion and write a very detailed um, poem about someone who went through that. So I, I guess it's just how an empath is born with that deep intellectual, or not intellectual, more emotional and spiritual insight um, than anything. But I can also feel when people are really, really good. And, um, and that makes me happy when I meet someone that, that I know that is full of light and love and happiness. Um, because when I come across an evil soul, it really brings me down and it it takes me to a really dark place where I'm like, you know, why, why can't anybody else see it? Why can't anybody else understand that this person is very bad? Um, it, it's very complicated as well because if, if someone, not necessarily does someone have to be a narcissist to be evil. Now, evil is... Um, the capability of doing really hurtful things to people and really bad things and um, doesn't matter if they have emotions or empathy or any of that because they're capable of that type of evil. They may even feel bad about it afterwards. It doesn't mean that they're completely um, narcissistic. So it's... It's... um. It's very hard to decipher um, what type of person a narcissist is, in my opinion, because they lack emotion. Because they lack emotion, it's harder for an empath to read. Um, they typically express anger and things like that, but it, they compartmentalize so well that an empath will go out of their way trying so hard to figure out what it is that's causing them to shut down. But they shut down. Um, so an empath getting with a narcissist isn't necessarily going to be able to read a narcissist's intentions um, the best. That's why we need to study up on the uh, signs of a narcissist. But the person that I... Um, that I felt that evil from, um, I wouldn't have classified as a narcissist at, at all. Um, but they were very capable of evil. An empath can be very capable of evil, actually. A full-blown empath can be uh, the, one of the most evil people in the world because um, they can dis justify um, doing bad things based on emotion. So there's no... An empath isn't all pure good and a narcissist isn't pure evil. That's definitely not the, um, the impression that I want you to get.
It's um, basically the type of emotional being. And the emotions that are expressed are um, purely um, based on what kind of a person you are. And um, an empath can be a Satan worshiper. An empath can be a, a Catholic priest. An empath can be anybody. It's just the type of person that you were you were born to be. And then um, situational things are what cause you to, to be the person that you are, I guess, if that makes any sense. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit right now, but I'm trying to like um, help you understand too that um, I am not a angel or a being of light. I like to spread love, light, and positivity. Yes, um, I. My goal is to make people happy, um, and I try to really um, invoke as much love as I can um, and spread it across the world. But I am not perfect. I have more flaws than anybody, and um, I, I've made bad decisions. I've, I've, I'm not perfect in any way, um, and I don't think anybody is. But I, I definitely don't see myself as better than anybody, or you know, um, on a higher spiritual level than anybody. I do. I do have a very deep spiritual side, but that doesn't at all put me on a higher level than anybody. Um, somebody else can have the same type of relationship with God or even um, better relationship with God. I just um, think of things on a very spiritual level, and it's just the way that I look at the world. I guess say you can say that an empath is more about perspective, Um the, the range of narcissist to empath is more about perspective and the way that we look at the world. And um, the way that we look at the world is that uh, we would sacrifice our own selves um, to make other people happy. And other people's happiness and emotions are um, very important to us. Now, I found that as an empath, when I make other people happy, it actually sparks a, a amazing type of fulfillment and satisfaction within myself. So it's almost like a drug in a way. Giving to people and being generous and stuff also fulfills me. It's not that um, I'm sacrificing, you know, if I have only, you know, a little bit of money left and I give that to someone... It actually makes me happy. It doesn't make me like, oh, I shouldn't have given money to somebody, but I had to because I'm sacrificing and that's who I am. It actually makes me happy because I'm like so happy that they are able to provide what they need to do. And, um, and I can go without. The physical things, I can go without. I'm one of those people that just doesn't need a whole lot physically. Um, it's I need a lot emotionally and spiritually, and that is what feeds me is uh, helping other people and giving other people happiness. So, on some kind of level, it is a selfish thing to want to make everybody else happy as an empath because um, I do get something out of it, and it's that 
you know, sheer satisfaction of making other people happy. And it's a high. It's a really good happiness that comes, a euphoric feeling. And, um, and that is what I get out of it. So I do get something out of it. Um, next segment, I will be talking about narcissism and the signs of narcissism because I really didn't go into that so much. Um, hopefully I've answered all your questions about empaths and you kind of have a better idea as to what an empath is. Um, I'm a little bit different, like I said, from most empaths though, in the fact that I think logically and I analyze things and I'm, um, I, I'm not impulsive with my emotions. I'm able to still control them, although I feel them very, very deeply, still able to, um, analyze them and control them to the point where I don't just make decisions based on them, which is very different from most empaths. Um, I don't know how, um, but I, I just, I'm both, I'm logic minded, which, um, I guess there are, you know, still, I'm sure there's other empaths out there that are logic minded, but most of them are emotionally driven and um narcissists as well narcissists are usually logic minded um but some can be emotionally driven and emotionally driven for their own selfish needs um it doesn't necessarily mean they lack every type of emotion but their emotions are only for themselves they lack empathy for other people um so typically uh narcissist typically can be a sociopath um those kind of run hand in hand but not always and I don't want to just label everybody or label somebody as something put a stereotype on it um but at least you now have like a better understanding of what an empath is and the um mentality of an empath and why we're the way we are and if you have any questions just um leave me a voice recording um question on the anchor app if you have it um if you're listening to this on any other platform then um go to anchor download it and message me or uh if you want you can always um send me an email and my email is ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, suhar, S-U-H-A-R, at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to answer any questions that you do have. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And have a fantastic day. And keep spreading love, light, and positivity everywhere that you go. Because that's important. Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Breadcrumbs. Um, I'm your host, Ashley, and thank you so much for joining me. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, today we're going to go right into the subject of narcissism. So uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about narcissism itself, and, um, and as well as empath, but I think that I kind of covered that pretty good. Um, just because somebody is an a-hole doesn't mean that that person is a narcissist. Somebody might be arrogant or snobby doesn't mean they're a narcissist. 
Um, no more than somebody who cries all the time is an empath. That's not, that's, that's kind of how people look at it. And that's a lot of like, oh, that person is really rude. So they're a narcissist. This person is emotional. So they're a empath. You really have to embody all the qualities of a narcissist in order to be one. And as well as an empath to be one. Um, and then, like I said, there's a full scale right in between that and a huge spectrum that anyone could be anywhere in between. Uh, narcissism is a personality disorder, as well as being an empath, I believe, is a personality disorder because it is not of the norm. Um, both can be worked on, but the, um, the actual person itself can never change one person who's a narcissist will always be a narcissist person who's an empath will always be an empath uh, it's just the way that we view and look at the world uh, that makes us that personality type and that doesn't change you can change certain aspects about yourself in order to keep from um, falling into tendencies but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will look at the world differently. I will always look at the world the way that I look at the world. Um, and there's nothing that can change that. There's nothing that can change the fact that I can read people uh, emotionally. Um, however, I can control um, the ability. So in, instead of um, overwhelming myself and just like, being when I'm in a crowd of people, it really is uh, frustrating to me because there's so many different emotions going on, and it's almost like being um, like in I don't know how to explain it like in a room full of people just yelling uh, different things. It's you can't pick up on each one individually, and it's just it's a cluster and it's very um, annoying and noisy, it's emotionally noisy. That's the best way to describe it. It's emotionally noisy. So um, I don't like big crowds of people, typically. Um, I am outgoing, and I like people. Um, so that that kind of, you know, throws it off a little bit because people are like, well, you really, you're outgoing, and you like talking to people. Yes, I do. But when there's uh, large crowds of people, I feel very intimidated by uh, all the emotions that are uh, being projected at once I like one-on-one -on -one with people that's my gift is one-on-one -on -one being with people one-on-one -on -one and really delving into you know who they are and reading them um, on a personal basis um, I can tap into people even if they're in a crowd but it just it doesn't um, it's not as clear and it's it's also jumbled with all the other things going on. It's just very noisy. It's like trying to talk to someone in a club and the music is so loud you can't think straight. That's kind of how it is. Um, so so um, with that ability, I honestly believe narcissists have that intuitive ability. However... I don't think that they care about the um, people that they are feeling these emotions from because it is 
absolutely um, impractical for me to believe that a narcissist is able to manipulate people as well as they do without ever knowing what emotions that they are projecting. I think an, a narcissist is very in tune with other people's emotions and is able to pick up on their weaknesses with pinpoint accuracy because of that intuitiveness. Um, so I think that a narcissist and an empath, even though they're on opposite sides of the spectrum, are also very similar in certain ways, especially that way. Um, the way that they look at the things, though, is differently. Is like... Um, me, for instance, when I pick up on other people's emotions, my first reaction is, how can I help them? How can I make them feel better? Um, I'm thinking about their happiness. If they're happy, it makes me happy. But I'm in tuned with their emotions for the motivation of helping them. Whereas a narcissist can be in tune with those people and really hone in on what those people want and need and uh, superficially give them those needs on a surface level, uh, say the words that they want to hear, basically, and then um, get out of it their own selfish wants and desires. So um, it's, it's crazy how alike we are, but then how different our, our souls are in, in many ways. Um, some narcissists know that they have the ability to kind of get whatever they want because of that. And um, in impasse, for me, for instance, I know that I have the ability to make just about anybody happy um, because I can read people and I know what they want. But I wouldn't do it on a superficial level. I would do it on a, um, a real, genuine level. Um, and... Like I said, when a empath and a narcissist get together, it's absolutely horrible because a narcissist tries to find out what the other person needs and, and um, the empath's needs are to make the other person happy. So you're going on this cycle of, okay, well, I'm going to lift the narcissist up and build them up because... Typically, narcissists are very insecure and um, just very insecure beings. They um, may project themselves not to be, but they are very, very insecure about themselves. So an empath feeds that because they constantly build them up. And even though um, you, an empath can do it every single day for as long as forever... And it would still never be enough because the narcissist has like this sort of like black hole that can never be filled. So it's just sucking the empath's energy and positive energy just out into nothing. But they still need it. They feed on it. Uh, it just doesn't last. It's very temporal. Um, so the empath is, you know, forced with the the idea that this person will never be happy. I can never make a narcissist happy because the, of that black hole. And um, that's a really tough thing for an empath to swallow because I feel like I could just make just about anybody happy, but not, an, and not a narcissist. Um, just like a narcissist 
can never um, meet the needs of an empath because we do have needs. We absolutely do, but our needs are to make other people happy. So if they're not happy, we're not happy, then it's a miserable relationship. It's completely just miserable. And um, it's it's just a downward spiral from there. Um, so let's go back into talking about narcissism. Um, a narcissist is very self-centered person and there's two types of narcissists one type of narcissist appears to be vulnerable appears to be charming these are the these are the um types that are the most dangerous in my opinion because they're very controlled and they're very manipulative um they tend to hone in on their victims and seclude them from um, other people. And this is also um, overlapping the um, signs of an abusive relationship. But, um, and typically a narcissist is an abuser. Will a narcissist um, always be a wife beater? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, um, the one that I was with was not was at, at up to a certain point. Um, it's all about control with the narcissist. They have to have a certain level of control. So they'll bend their own ways to figure out what ways um, they can have the most control. And the narcissist that I was with realized uh, after some period of time that physical abuse wouldn't work because he would lose the amount of control because other people would step in. Um, so the person um, would, you know, blame me for the physical abuse part for up until a period of time. It was a long period of time that it went on um, and it was a form of control. But then when I was able to step outside and be like, look, this is what he's doing and other people could see in, then that crashed his entire um, amount of control because he no longer had control. Other people were stepping in and helping me realize this is not normal. You're not supposed to be treated like this. doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you said the worst things ever to him. Um, you could be the worst person in the world and you still don't deserve that. So they they don't like it when other people step in so they'll do anything and everything they can to seclude other people but if they're doing something that like shatters that fourth wall then um that they're building because they literally build a wall between their victim and other people and that wall is a mental wall that um is very hard to break especially for an empath because i think that the the whole entire um, idea of um, hurting the other person is far worse than um, anything that the empath is going through. Um, so that's why it's very important to recognize if you are an empath. Um, an empath makes up only 2 to 4% of the population. It's not common. And same as narcissism is actually more common, but it's still not common. Um, it's the blend of in between that's the normal. So um, but if you are an empath and you recognize that a lot of things that I'm saying you relate to and you're understanding, then you definitely need to look 
um, at the signs of a narcissist and what um, type of person a narcissist is and realize that it could never, ever, 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 ever work in a million years if you get in a relationship with a narcissist. It just wouldn't because the two personality types is just toxic um, together. Can a narcissist be in a relationship? Absolutely. You have very successful people who are narcissists and have helped them in the business world. Um, their narcissism has actually helped them excel because they are very selfish and they want to, that's their goal in their mind is to progress um, and be successful. Business owners, I mean, they, there's a lot of people who have successful um, lives and are narcissists. So, um, they, I mean, and then you have some people that aren't so successful, but they're, the um, narcissist doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be in a relationship. It's just that they are, um, they are lacking in caring about other people. So and a narcissist would need someone that is able to fill their own needs um, more than anything and, um, and able to um, provide for themselves, an independent person. A narcissist actually would um, be better off with someone who's very independent and uh, really doesn't, isn't bothered by um, the fact that the narcissist doesn't really truly care about their feelings. Um, but it really, I mean, in terms of, you know, marriages, it happens all the time and um, long lasting ones. But as far as a narcissist and an empath, it just can never work. And um, an empath would be best off with another empath. The only problem is that empaths are usually not attracted to other empaths because that's like the whole, like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And it, it's just a back and forth of like, if, if a, an empath can get beyond the, um, the initial awkwardness of like, why is this person wanting me to make all the decisions? It's very, very difficult to get past that part. But if you can get past that part, Two servants in love is the absolute best possible scenario for for a relationship. Like I said in my other podcast, because um, the two people are completely feeding each other's needs at all times, and um, both people's needs are completely met, um, both people can be extremely happy, and there's no flaws in that because... Their both needs are being met. Um, the needs of an empath, however, are that one of the biggest ones is that they want the other person to be happy. So it's kind of like a, you know, who's going to start that happiness? Like who's going to start filling the needs? Because if it doesn't get started, the other person's like, well, I don't know what makes you happy. I don't know what makes you happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. Well, if you're happy, I'm happy. And it just, it never, it has to start. You have to be like, okay, I really like this, this, and this. And then the other person does it, and then you do what they like, and then it finally pans out. That's the an example of a perfect empathic relationship. 
but um, rare because typically empaths are also not attracted to other empaths because um, they don't feel like they empaths don't make their needs known and empaths are attracted to people who make their needs known because then they can fulfill them quite easily so um, and then it's also it's it's funny because if you think about two conductors together what is it conducting like nothing there's no nothing for it to conduct so it's like I feel your emotions you feel my emotions so we are trying to feel each other's emotions don't really you know it's it's um it's just a very complicated very complicated uh type of relationship but if it can ever get started and to that point then it would be literally the perfect relationship um and so I haven't really talked too much about narcissism and this is supposed to be about narcissism so I'm going to just talk more about that um narcissists tend to oh and I was talking about the two different types of narcissists that's what I was doing okay sorry <laughs> I go off on tangents sometimes I tell you it is so bad um so a um a narcissist that is appears vulnerable or appears just to be a very charming person um, is hidden deep inside they're a narcissist and they they target their victims but only their victims know the true self that they are they only show their true self to their victims and the reason why is because that facade that they have of normality um, with everybody else also creates uh, an illusion to the person who's in the relationship with them that they're crazy they're the ones who are messed up they're the ones who are uh, not right because how is it possible that this person has so many great relationships with all these other people and everybody thinks he's wonderful or she is wonderful and then um you're the only person who thinks that they're horrible so it creates this uh, illusion if you will uh, to the victim that this person really can't be as bad as I think that they are because everybody thinks they're amazing and then it also creates the illusion to the narcissist because the narcissist uh, relishes in the fact that they have so many people that uplift them and think that they're awesome and they can get uh, you know trophies for being citizen of the year I mean they're that outstanding um, truly and manipulative that they are good at uh, telling people what they want to hear and um, making the right people happy however they can't hide their true selves from people that they are uh, super super close to and live with and, and deal with on a daily basis uh, typically those types of narcissists don't like dealing with a lot of people because they have to work really hard to keep up that facade so um, with all the people that they do deal with they're better at one-on-one -on -one, um, because they're able to um, manipulate they hone in on someone's exact uh, needs and then they tell them what they want to hear and um, they become that person that they want if, if someone is looking for a very strong uh, intellectual type then they can put on the facade of that um, 
or if they're looking, typically they like to be um, somebody who appears very uh, selfless. And uh, how you know that they are a narcissist and not an empath is because uh, empath will not go around saying all the things that they've done to help other people. They just want to help other people. Um, and that's their goal. But a narcissist will be like, over and over, if they did something that appears selfless, they will bring it up so many times because they want other people to be like, wow, this person is really selfless. Um, giving money to charities, helping people. Um, whenever they do something for the, their victim, uh, it always has strings attached, but they'll still hold it over their head and say, I gave you money, I helped you, I did this when no one else would, um, and their intentions were always to hold it over their head, and their intentions were always to get something out of it, because a narcissist will never do something without getting something out of it, and in the way that they appear um, generous uh, by giving to a charity or um you know, helping a homeless person, whatever that they think it, their generous act is, um, they're going to make it known to as many people as they can because they're what they're getting out of it is the um, the ability to manipulate other people into thinking that they're selfless and also the pat on the back uh, that they absolutely love and uh, can't get enough of is uh, when people admire them and appreciate them and and build them up they they relish in that so um which is is funny because a a empath relishes in the fact that they made someone else happy and um and it has nothing to do with their own gratification like someone could say thank you a thousand times to me and it's nice but just seeing the smile on their face and seeing how it's affected their lives, that actually provides me true happiness. Whereas I could even do things anonymously and just watch from a distance that someone, you know, was helped and, um, and the positive impact that it's had on their lives. That's why this podcast for me is important because... Um, hoping and praying that it's affecting people and um, I may never see their face, but just the thought that somebody out there um, can be positively affected and I can impact them in a positive way just makes me really, really, really happy. And um, they may never thank me for it and I may never get something out of it, but it's just the fact that even the thought of it uh, makes me happy. So that that is what's... Uh, you know, completely different about the empath and the narcissist. Um, so a narcissist um, doesn't like being alone because then they um, get lost in their own thoughts and, and um, they are typically they compartmentalize their own emotions to not feel. They're very good at not feeling. They typically they don't actually cry unless it's a manipulation. They can bring themselves to tears very quite quite easily, um, just like an empath can. But an empath will be genuine in their tears, whereas a narcissist will cry on command if they think that that is what will manipulate a person. Um, so a narcissist is just basically 
um, an empath, but using those fine-tuned abilities to manipulate other people into getting what they want. Um, because they can do a lot of things that an empath can. They have that insight that empaths have. Um, they can read people like an empath can. Um, so there, there are striking similarities between the two. Um, a narcissist will, um, and again, back to uh, the two types of narcissists, because I never finished that. So the, the vulnerable type that I keep talking about, that's the most dangerous. Um, you'll never really know that that person is a narcissist until you've met their victim. I, I mean, you can keep looking at the signs of a, um, a narcissist and, and evaluate, but typically this person goes undercover and really doesn't show who they are. Uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. And um, it's very hard to determine one if you are not their victim. Um, but if you have somebody speaking out and saying, this person is abusive, this person does these things, and you yourself have questions about it, like, well, this person, I've never seen this person have that kind of behavior in this person. But if if they are... The, the victim is really speaking out like, I know that I sound crazy because everybody thinks this person is amazing, but this person is not, and this is what happened. And look at the um, signs of a victim, a true victim, because, you know, that will also help. Um, a narcissist can pretend to be a victim, which is very hard to decipher the difference because they're so so much like empaths. Um my ex would make other people think that I was abusive and that I was the one that was um, hurting him and putting him down and um, and that simply wasn't the case at all. Um, but other people believed it because that person is very good at manipulating people and telling them what they want to hear and knowing exactly what emotions to play uh it's a game it's always a game in their head and they're always uh trying to you know get the better and get the one up on everybody else um there is another type of narcissist that most people can pretty much spot and that's the grandiose narcissist and usually those people are a-holes, and usually those people don't really care what other people think or act or feel, but they make it known. And those people really aren't that dangerous because you already know what to expect from them. And if, you know, those types of people do something, you're like, well, that's in their character. Like, for instance, if some if a woman says, my husband beat me, and she's with a grandiose narcissist, um, typically she'll be believed because everyone's like, well, yeah, he has the anger problem. He, you know, punched a hole in the wall at work. Uh, that's easily, you could put your mind there and say that this person is capable of doing that. But with 
the vulnerable narcissist or the um, undercover, I would mean, say undercover narcissist, because they can, that doesn't necessarily mean that they appear vulnerable. It just depends to who that they are uh, masking themselves to, because some people, like I said, they, they are a chameleon to whatever the person in front of them is um, wanting to hear, wanting to see. So if the person is wanting to see vulnerability, they can be vulnerable. But if the other person is wanting to see strength, uh, they're good at that too, at be appearing very confident. And uh, if need be, they can appear grandiose and um, be, you know, a total a-hole. It's just whatever uh, the situation and the other person that they're around calls for. Um, they also typically don't like crowds because of the noise. And it's the same um they know that they can't appear to be it's like a chameleon stuck in a room of samples of tons of different wallpapers they can't be all of them at once so it's very overwhelming to them um just like crowds are overwhelming to empaths it's it's really crazy how similar they are but how different at the same time um, a narcissist that is grandiose is very, um, easy to spot and, um, just really always wants to be right, uh, typically doesn't consider other people's feelings, um, still can be very successful because, you know, there's a lot of people that are successful in in both realms like it's it doesn't determine your amount of success if you're an empath or a um or a narcissist or anywhere in between you could be closer to narcissism um or closer to empathic and still be uh have the choice for good or evil it doesn't your choices doesn't determine what kind of a person you are um, empathically or narcissistically or on that spectrum it's um, and that that's I think the thing that I want to make the most clear is that um, it's just a perspective of the world and the way that you look at the world some narcissists are just homebodies and decide that they don't want to go out and they don't want to like be around people they they know that they just want to be at home by themselves they're hermits and they don't care it doesn't mean that they're going to hurt somebody or that they're going to manipulate somebody or they're going to um involve themselves in a relationship you know with another person um it, it just really depends on how they want to they want to live their life and their choices that they make um just like an empath can choose to be evil, a narcissist can choose to be good. It doesn't, um, to some people it doesn't make sense because you're like, well, how can a selfish person choose to be good? Um, it's just the way that they look at life, but they can still have, make choices that, um, keep people from being hurt and them not affecting other people, like becoming a hermit or, um, just keeping themselves in check on their behaviors and the things that they're doing um the undercover narcissist not so much because they're they like they're more or less um 
entire world is built up of um, manipulating people and typically just um, um, finding ways to get what they want and not worrying about how other people feel or how it affects other people. Um, they build up this entire fake world within their own world and um, this world of you know, how great they are and all the accomplishments, um, typically uh, both the grandiose and the undercover narcissist will um, say that they've made achievements that they've never made and, and build themselves up to be a lot higher um, than, they, than they are actually in real life and um, say that they've won awards or that they've done things that they've never done. Um, typically they do have a tendency to lie um, because that is part of manipulation in both grandiose and undercover uh, narcissists. And uh, if you're wondering why I know so much about narcissists, not only the experience of being with one, which was the undercover narcissist for 15 years, um, I did a lot of studying on it and that is what actually made me uh, start realizing that that relationship could never work as long as I live. It could never work um, because it it's toxic. And, um, and only through the research did I understand that and really get that because throughout the relationship, my thoughts were, this person can change. And then my, my worst fear was leaving. And then that person having been sincere this last time, like them saying, okay, I'm really going to try this time. I'm really going to change. I'm really going to do it. And then me being like, well, I've heard that a million times. I'm done. And then that person really genuinely wanting to change and believe themselves, you know, to have been changed and then be crushed because I didn't give them that last chance that they needed the last time. But, uh, although that was like my worst fear, once I realized the uh, depth of narcissism and um, the signs of it and really that a narcissist never changes their perspective and that a narcissist and empath will never work under any circumstances ever, um, then I realized that I had to get out of the relationship and it took a lot of things uh, for me to get out, one, realizing that my children were um, in danger of uh, thinking that this type of relationship is normal and uh, definitely um, motivated me, that my children motivated me because I could feel their pain and what they were going through and I needed um, to get out for them. Um, but this deciding to go back would never be an option because now I know fully that just like I can never change the way that I am um, and the way that I look at the world, a narcissist can never change the way that they are and the way that they look at the world. Um, so now that you know a little bit more about narcissism and, um, and the differences and the similarities between empath and narcissism, if you have any questions, um, please feel free to email me Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, uh, Suhar, S-U-H-A-R, at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions or um, if you have any subject 
topics that you want me to talk about on my podcast, I'd be happy to do that as well. Um, I also um, am on a few other things. Um, I'm on Snapchat, and my uh, screen name on that is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, and then in the letter N, and then um, Wonderland, but without the O and the E and the A, so it's without the vowels, um, and that's my Snapchat, and then, um, I am also on the Sing Smule app, um, as Ash Kitten, and I, um, I do a lot of songs on there, because I love to sing, but those are different ways that you can reach me, and on the Sing Smule app, and on the Snapchat app, you can actually contact me, uh, directly, so, uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, keep praying for me that I, I'm going to get my YouTube channel started soon. Yeah, cross your fingers because everything seems to be falling into place. Just time management that I need to work on. So. Um, but I was able to knock out like three podcasts today. So I feel pretty, I feel pretty productive. And... Um, Thank you again so much for listening. I know that I don't have a lot of listeners, but even just one makes my day and makes me very happy that you just are taking the time, the uh, 37 minutes and 57 seconds out of your day to listen to me. And um, it, it just really means a lot. And if you can gain anything from it, I hope that you can. Um, and... I'm hoping that it can contribute to your life in a positive way. And just remember to keep spreading the love, light, and positivity and building up your positivity bank. And have a wonderful day. Bye.